So welcome everyone to another Change Your Game with GTD podcast. My name is Robert Peake. I'm here once again with Todd Brown. Hello, everyone. Hey, Todd. So in this podcast, our goal is to support you in getting the right things done in the right kind of timing with a minimum of stress. If that sounds like magic, stick around because there are some very practical things you can actually do to make all of that happen. And first and foremost, um, we're talking about a methodology called Getting Things Done, or GTD, invented by a man named David Allen that's now become basically the kind of worldwide leading approach to effectiveness and productivity, but also more and more we're finding greater well-being in an increasingly complex world. So that's what we're here to focus on and to hopefully give you uh, some some practical inspiration, thoughts and ideas to, to take away. As we were getting ready to push go, as it were, push the record button, we were talking about different, different things we could talk about. Um, and one of the things that kind of came up uh, in my mind recently um, is I've been noticing some of the sort of more inherent traits or the traits, let's say, that uh, people bring to the table when when they come for coaching or come into a seminar uh, for for support in applying the GTD methodology, there are indications that they're going to go far and fast with the methodology that they're going to be able to to really succeed um, with this. And then there are also a lot of indications that we see uh, for people that have been uh, further along in the journey uh, with GTD that actually they've. They've kind of overbuilt. They've kind of gotten too complex uh, with their implementation of the methodology. And so we wanted to talk a little bit about that. And hopefully, as we are talking about that, if any of these things, you know, kind of uh, go ding inside, you kind of go, wow, you know, that's me. Um, We'll hopefully be able to tease out some of the things you can do about that as well. But first of all, let's, you know, let's, uh, let's diagnose the patient. Let's, let's get in there with what are, what are some of the symptoms that someone may have gotten really fired up about GTD, really, you know, gotten, gotten gung-ho and really gone for it and really built out a system, but actually they've, they've kind of overbuilt the system. They've kind of, they've kind of done too much or gone too far away from fast, practical, and, and streamlined. Todd, what's, what's, uh, what's some of the things you see out there when people come to you with, with overbuilt systems? Yeah, you know, as as you were talking about that, I'm reminded of uh, one of the very first coachings that I ever did with someone who <clears throat> who had, you know, again, real passion for GTD, was self-taught, had gotten uh, clearly a lot of, a lot of benefit about it, uh, benefit from it. But I but I went and I spent some time with him on a coaching basis, and and the first thing that I recognized was that he just had way too many tools, right? He was a bit of a techie. He was keen, early adopter. And, you know, if if one of the goals of a GTD system is that you, in any given moment, know exactly where to look to find the things that would be helpful to engage with, right? David talks about, David Allen talks about the value of orienting reviews and being able in any given moment to find the elements of your system that would be, you know, the right ones to look at. This, this, this gentleman had... Um, many places to look in any given moment. So there was his system really didn't have clean edges in that sense. There was an awful lot of, uh, there's some duplication and there were just too many tools, right? So there were just too many, um, you know, too many places to look. And so, you know, it's funny, I think about one of the things that, <clears throat> that I say 
to my clients as we're as we're implementing a system for them is look what i'd really like for you in the future right for your future self is that you have the ability at any given moment without hesitation to be able to see in front of you reminders that are helpful given everything. So given your context, where are you? Given your the time that you've got available, given your energy levels, right? This, 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 that's one of the models that, that we use in GTD. Um, um, you know, called the limiting criteria model. And that model helps us to, to break down what would be helpful to see in that moment. Um, that's a really valuable framework, I think, for a lot of people. If they they will have gotten exposed to it, let's say in the fundamentals class, if they've taken one of our early, you know, one of our our level one seminars. But to revisit that, I think, is important because again, um, uh, and just to come back to him as an example, he was way overtooled, right? And and he was and he was so keen. This was the thing. He was like, I love these tools, and this came from you know I had a recommendation of this, and I had a recommendation of that, and all this. And you could see that he had a lot, an awful lot of energy for the tools, which I didn't want to get in the way of, right? I wanted him to, to be enthused about his system and enthused about the way that he was working with it. But I think that at the same time, I wanted him to realize the limitation and the, and, and the fact that having so many tools and so many places to look for things meant that he was, that there was, you know, there was friction there that he could drive out of his, his system and his ways of working. So that's, um, yeah, that's a situation that comes to mind. How about you? What, what have you seen out there in the world? Yeah, no, that's uh, that's a great classic example, the kind of gear gearhead that gets into this. And I think there's an underlying trait about people that are attracted to, to the, the cool kit, which is that they do believe that things can be better, that they are kind of systems thinkers in that way. Um, but there's another element to all of this, which is the kind of the self-awareness to factor in you to the system, right? Like, yes, it's a perfect thing to tag it 20 different ways and have it in all of these whatever different categories and contexts and so forth. Um, but increasingly, what I've come to with with people that um, have potentially overbuilt in that way, have lots of different places, um, is, is being use case driven about their contacts, saying, okay, it's 5 p.m. You're, you've been in back-to-back meetings all day. You're a bit tired. Where do you go? And they go, uh, 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 well, uh, this is over here and that's over there. And I could look at this. It's like, you need a context that'll that'll you can zoom right in on possible next actions that are easy and self-evident, right? Okay, it's the start of the day. You want to bite off something big and chunky. You, where do you go, right? You know, um, so being use case driven, I think, has has helped uh, helped a lot of people with with exactly that. And as soon as you start to look at some of the practical cases that factor you into the equation, you soon realize that having six different pieces of software with twelve different Sapier and if then then that integrations and uh, all of this incredible leverage of these open APIs um, is maybe not maybe not the most friction free as you as you put it. Um, so that's that's great. I think that's probably the one of the biggest ones I I see as well um, that that repels people from consulting their action list and then they default to looking at their project lists and having to rethink the actions and then into all kinds of weird filtering too. All kinds of well, I'm going to alert myself with this, but if it's on a Thursday and it's blue, then all it's just like. Wow. Okay, you're you know there's a there's a simpler approach to bubbling the right things up to your attention, and it's got to be practical. The other big thing I see, and that one of the biggest things I ask people that are that are longtime uh, GTDers or have been self-implemented for for a while anyway, is how long are your weekly reviews taking, and are you doing all eleven steps when you do that weekly review? 
So either if people are sort of nitpicking just a little bit, or if they're doing it and it's more than 90 minutes, more than a couple hours, certainly, uh, to do a weekly review, that's another clear indicator to me uh, that while they may have great intentions, they may be great systems thinkers, they actually um, have probably overbuilt. Um, and by overbuilt, that can mean a lot of things. One thing is it, it can mean that they don't have just really crystal clear uh, projects and next actions in terms of how those are stated. Because it's amazing how just a few seconds of having to rethink when you're going down a long list item per item can really, really add up. So that's that's one thing that, I've, that I really kind of try to drill into in addition to you know, are you consulting the lists on a daily basis? Are they repelling you? Do you know where to go in different real life circumstances or not? Is how's it going when you back up? How's it going when you back up to that weekly uh, review? Is it um, is it pleasurable? Do you feel it more in control at the end, or has it been a three hour slog through you know five different systems and twelve different cross reference tags to try and get some sense of what the heck's going on? So I don't know. That's that's another one I've seen. I'm curious what uh, you know what what else you've seen out there. In particular, what uh, what you've done to help people. How do you unpick the complex systems? Where do you, where do you start when someone comes to you and they say, "I'm doing GTD. Have a look." And you look and you go, "Wow, that's a lot of maintenance time." <laughs> How do you ever do anything? I'm guessing, you know, how do you even get to your inbox or to your whatever when it takes this many? Where do you start with the kind of the, the obviously gentle and kind um, unpicking process with with a, a complex system? You know, a, an approach that might seem, uh, well, counterintuitive, but we'll see. I'll leave, I'll leave that up to the audience. But one of the things that I have done, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of a coaching that I did uh, a few years ago now. Um, in the Middle East, and and I was working with this client, and again, he, I'd, I'd worked with him before. He had been coached, so he had, you know, he, he knew the fundamentals. Again, incredibly keen, right? But his system was overbuilt in the sense that he had way too much content. Just the, the way he was using his GTD system, in essence, was he was putting things in, okay, but nothing was really ever coming out. And and what was interesting was. Despite that fact, so, you know, his, his system in some ways was just bulging, right? All of the lists were huge and many entries and all of that. And despite all of that, he still had a lot of enthusiasm, right, for getting things done. But we were talking, we were talking about his, his weekly reviews. I mean, quite frankly, they weren't really happening, right? There, there, there really wasn't much going on. But, but what I did was I worked with him almost backwards. What I said was, look, what we're going to do together is we're going to make sure that you have a system which is reviewable in a weekly review, right? So what that means, and, and that I think can be a really interesting question for people. And in some ways it can be a little counterintuitive if, if, you know, if what you say is, hey, look, I've got to make sure that I've got, um, I've got to make sure I've got all my commitments in my system and all, of, which is all true, right? But at the same time, if what that means is that you're looking at your system and it's taking you, as you say, three hours to review it, then probably what that means is that there is a there is a problem in that you have overcommitted. Again, this is just one more indication of of of, of overcommitment. So so we started fresh and we came up with a system which could be reviewed. Okay, in an hour, I think it was what was the was what we were shooting for. 
And then we actually did a review together. Okay. Um, and that he found really, really helpful. Right. And, and what that did for him, you know, I was in touch with him, obviously, after the coaching, what that did for him was it meant that as he thought about, you know, as he, as he was going forward from, from that point, he became much more, he became much more jealous in some ways of, of, um, of him, uh, protective, better word, protective of himself and of his future ability to review and focus on these various things. And so what that meant was that he started to, um, one very practical thing was he started to incubate more, more stuff went onto his someday maybe list, right? Um, he start. I think an awful lot of people when they get involved with GTD, they, um, they, they do it at least at the beginning, many, many folks start to overcommit. So their projects list has really got projects on there that are not, eh, not really things in the bigger scheme of things that are, uh, you know, that really are commitments that, that, that their commitment is to get it done, right? It's for a lot of people, <clears throat> hey, this was a cool idea. Hey, I know I'm supposed to define next actions and projects. Um, I've done all of that. But what maybe I haven't considered is where does this project really fit bigger picture wise in terms of my overall priorities? And does it really deserve a place on my projects list, right? And if the answer is no, well, then maybe it goes on to somebody, maybe, or, or maybe it's just this kind of thing that I go, you know what, in a nice possible way, maybe it needs delegating, could be, right? Or maybe it's just something that, that I'm going to have to kiss goodbye because in the moment it seemed cool and great and all of that. But now as I look at it in the, in the round, uh, I'm just going, oh, well, not really something that I, that I really have any commitment to, right? Um, so anyway, that's that's uh, that, that just takes me back to that coaching uh, all those years ago. How, how about you? What what do you what, so 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 Doctor Peak? What what kind of uh, what kind of uh, approaches do you recommend? Well, I can certainly relate to that to that too much content element. I think a lot of people get incredibly enthusiastic about capture. They just capture it all. And I got to say, the someday maybe list is just the the saving grace, sanity, safety valve of my of my life because there's just way more ideas than lifespan left for me. And uh, so, yeah, definitely, definitely getting some of that stuff incubated is has been been saving. You know, it's interesting. I think um, in all of this, I also want to kind of temper our recommendations most of the time. What I see with people is is overbuilding or getting overzealous about uh, what's possible with with tech. Um, for example, creating integrations, you know, that that um, are fine if they support the fundamental kind of GTD principles, right? If they help you get to project support faster, for example, but can be um, a bit of a false economy if. For example, those those things are bypassing your brain, right? If if you're uh, creating integrations that basically move stuff around so that it's slightly more clarified, maybe categorically speaking, but not really helping you to get that into into clear projects and actions. And I love the idea of building a, a more zero-based system around the weekly review. I've definitely zero-based things with people. Um, and the place I start there is, is with the projects, right? We go, okay, well, let's get these projects really clearly defined. Let's get that into, into a system. Let's give you something that you can review at least at a high level um, and, and start from there. And sometimes that's the right move, frankly, you know, is, is to actually go, you know what? I need to, I need to blow this up and I need to really look at 
um, you know, what are the fundamental elements that are sustainable for me in terms of content, in terms of where where that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but but to temper it a bit, I think. Um, you know, next actions are essential. Anything that's actual has to have one. Uh, next actions that you're not just going to do in one sitting need projects or just call them outcomes if if that word hangs you up. Um, and then there's this third component called project support. And uh, I was talking with someone about it recently. And, and basically, you know, the guideline for next action is in one sitting. The guideline for projects is within about the next, you know, immediately to the next year if it's multi-step. And to me, the guideline for project support is as much as you need to feel comfortable and to get it off your mind, and hopefully no more. <laughs> but I've been in situations, I've worked in, in uh, government offices, for example, where they need to file their sent messages. This is the first time I'd ever seen this. They need to file not only the messages that they receive, but the messages they've sent, because they could be audited at any time. Likewise, with some financial institutions and certainly with with legal institutions, um, you know, working working with a, a a legal organization where they really needed to go back and have source material to justify um, their their kind of rulings, their their decisions. Right? They're dealing with precedent. They're dealing with um, you know, can you back this up? Not just with you know the the specific instance of we we decided to do this or we decided this was the correct legal thing, uh, but with here's all the supporting documentation, and that's going to be slower and that's going to take a little more time, but you know what? Taking that time to make sure that the reference is filed appropriately, whether it's general reference or project support, uh, can be incredibly important. You know the story I tell is that um, you know my reference filing saved me ten thousand dollars right when the IRS. The American Revenue Service sent us a, a, a bill here in the UK saying, here's a bill for, for $10,000 for filing your taxes late and for getting to put this particular item on. And I had a dated receipt from good old Royal Mail saying that I had put, posted the taxes to them that they had, that they had then lost. Um, and it took, it took like a year right, to get that resolved, to finally get not an apology letter, but just another letter saying your account balance is now zero. You know, thank, thanks a lot for the, the pain and suffering compensation for that, uh, that sticker shock. But um, so you know, reference filing, doing it, having, having seven years of taxes in there, uh, reference filing, having you know, your, your sent mail in the right place in relation to a project. So if someone comes knocking... Um, if that's appropriate, if there's a use case for that, if there's ever a circumstance where you go, yeah, 400 of these receipts that I filed didn't matter, but the 401st, someone called me up on it and it saved me so much time and hassle that all the others were worth it. So it's not to say, you know, streamline your systems to the extent that um, that you're gonna you're gonna miss stuff. Make sure it is appropriate to your your job, your job role, your circumstances. But again, I just come back to be use case driven, right? Is there a future you at some point in some circumstances that's going to need this back in this way uh, or or not? Um, and so that's where it's with some things I'm incredibly just ruthless with the delete key. And with other things I go, no, I'm going to take the time. I'm not just going to assume I can search it back. I'm going to put it in a specific folder. I'm going to, I'm going to do that to be kind to the me that one day could be incredibly grateful <laughs> that I did that. So I, I don't know when you when you think about how to balance all of that. What you know what what are your thoughts on balancing, 
or f- let's say finding the necessary complexity, right? The, the as simple as possible, but no simpler, the as complex as needed, but no more kind of kind of state, either in, in your own systems or, or with working with others. What, what indicates to you, yeah, I'm, I'm at the right sort of level of mix? Yeah, I, I think it's, um, again, I'm, I'm just taking back to a, a coaching I did, <laughs> bizarrely, another coaching um, that I did many, many years ago with a guy who um, uh, ran a, a medium-sized enterprise uh, in Ireland, as it happens. And, you know, he, what he wanted to do, he was, he was aware of GTD, right? He, he knew sort of the basics, quite keen to sort of get going. And he, he and I spent quite a lot of time designing a um, designing a reference structure, more or less a reference tree structure so that he knew he would have the right level of, uh, sorry, not the right level. He would have, you know, good places to put all of these things. Okay. And we went through that exercise. And then as we were working together practically to put it into place, what he realized was that, that we'd really just overbuilt, right. That we had, that we had, you know, that we had, I, I was, I was pushing back. He wanted to have folders within folders within folders within folders. And I was, you know, gently pushing back on, Hey, I just want to make sure that this is navigable. Number one, in, in the sense that you can put things in folders very quickly. And number two, that you can find things quickly when you need them. Right. So I was, I was trying to be the advocate for his future self. Anyway, long story short, what we did was we, we basically went back to let's start with um, let's start with a folder or a very small number of folders. Right. You know, I think he might've done uh, personal versus professional, something like that. And then let's just build as time, you know, as we see that, as we see the data come in, right. I think quite often people who've overbuilt their systems have, have thought I'm, um, I know how much complexity I need and it's, it's generally a hunch. Okay. And in, in some cases, in, in, I would say many cases, they don't need that much complexity. So again, my, you know, with my, with my stethoscope around my neck and my, and my, uh, my doctor's approach to this, what I would say is, you know, start with, um, start with the, the, the bare minimum structure, right. And then just let then let your, your system, sorry, not your system, let your own experience and what's coming at you help to determine what, you know, what additional folders you create if we're talking about, you know, if we're talking about reference or if we're talking about, um, you know, if we're talking about, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, context lists, it can be quite freeing, quite, quite liberating, really, to just start over, right? Take away all your contexts, just have one list called next actions, right? And then let the, and then let the lists evolve as you add new next actions to that list. And you see very naturally what would be helpful, right? That can be, and again, you know, we're, we're doing this recording in the middle of August, uh, great time of the year to be thinking about, you know, uh, tidying up, restructuring your system. So yeah, that's, uh, that's what comes to mind for me about that. How about you? That's great. You know, I've always found that the organic build rather than the theoretical build tends to win out, you know, tends, tends to win the day because the practicality is built in all throughout that rather than imposing posing some structure. We're so good at taxonomic and categorical thinking. We're so trained into putting things into buckets. But when it comes to us and having awareness of what our future self is going to want and need, for some people, this is such 
such new territory that they fall back, I think, on the more theoretical sort of data structure approaches to things. Um, and so I think that's that's so much why the organic the organic wins. So hopefully for those of you out there listening and watching that, you know, hearing us kind of hash some of these war stories out, as it were, uh, has been useful as we unpick some of the some of the specific things you can do, right, to uh, to simplify and streamline your systems, uh, to potentially you know go back and zero base it, to build it around uh, the weekly review, so that so that the the elements, the practice of GTD is doable in relation to the system, rather than the system being this beautiful, perfect theoretical thing that you never use, right? Hope that was helpful. Um, we do this uh, on a fairly regular basis, about once a month. We have these podcasts coming out. So if you're getting this in a podcast feed for the first time, be sure to click subscribe. If you're seeing this on YouTube, you can hit subscribe. And if you hit that helpful little bell, YouTube will then let you know when another one of these comes out. Um, also on our website, nextaction, next-action.co.uk, uh, you can get our newsletter which not only includes this monthly podcast, uh, but uh, about a once a week, some really great articles from our wide network of associates. Uh, just like this, you know, stuff that will hopefully help you, inspire you, keep you in the game, keep you going, keep you reaching for that continual practice, because it is a practice of learning how to be uh, effective, how to appropriately balance the complexity of your systems, and to get more done with less stress. That's the goal. That's the point. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. 